Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Runners World Podcast with me, Ben Hobson. And me, Jane Maguire. No, Rick Pearson. Oh no, don't worry everyone. He's absolutely fine. He's just just not here. Um... (laughs) lazy uh so jane how are you yeah i'm good thanks how how are you i'm very well sun is shining um life is kind of normal again yeah does it feel normal again i don't know yeah i saw my parents at the weekend i haven't seen them since august so that was pretty that was pretty great yeah i saw some some friends irl in the flesh and it was it was weird like Oh, I haven't seen you in a year and a half. What's new with you? Like, just <laughs> kind of crazy, but not complaining, not complaining. Long may it stay that we can see people in real life. You'd think we'd have more to talk about, but... You would, yeah, but we've all just been indoors. Yeah. You know, there's not much to update each other on, is there? Did you tr- talk about running? Did you get into that I at did- all? <laughs> I didn't. I did I did have a moment where um, we were talking about someone we knew who's doing someone we knew someone we know we definitely still know her um who's doing a like transformation Ooh. and I kind of said you know four drinks in oh I wish I had something to train for and then I woke up the next day and thought actually I don't <laughs> so, <laughs> I really don't wish I had anything to train for. I really don't wish I had anything to train for if this is how I feel after a drink and I have to go for a run has it um, um has your stance changed then on having a race to do do you feel less like you want to do one <laughs> Well, I feel now that the weather is good, I'm excited for the London Triathlon and I'm going to I'm going to go for that. I'm going to put all all of my energy into kind of actually training for it and not just turning up on the day winging it. Um so I need to I need to get swimming, but hopefully I will yeah, maybe go maybe go to the sea this weekend and do some real open water swimming. Um, nice. from 0 to 100 straight away. Yeah, literally like hoping that my Hoping that my school swimming comes in handy um, about 15 years later. You are quite, um, you're quite a handy swimmer though, aren't you? I just want to, yeah, in case anyone I'm... listening gets worried <laughs> about your safety. <laughs> Being swept out to sea. Yeah, I am. I am quite, to be honest, it's the, the cycle that I'm probably most concerned about. I think I can, I, I, I swam a lot as a child and a teenager and running came second so I don't feel that nervous about the swim, but I did a lot, mo- nearly all of my swimming in a pool, and I know that I know that London Triathlon 
isn't going to have a crazy current, but there is going to be some, isn't there? I'm going to need to be used to swimming, not in a pool, I yeah. think. Yeah, I've, I've done it a couple of times and, and that's the, the swim is my least favourite bit. I've also only got like a winter wetsuit and I feel like we're almost at the stage where that might be too hot, but then I am a cold person, so... Oh, well, I'll report well, back. I'll let you I'll let you all know how my wetsuit is. My, my first triathlon I ever did <laughs> many years ago, um, I wore just a surfing wetsuit. Absolute disaster. So there's a hot tip oh, for nice. you. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> um, but anyway, how, uh, how's your running? Yeah, okay. I, um, I haven't had the most enjoyable week. I did my... I like to break the mould and just, you know, go out and do my long run on a Thursday because I'm a big believer that long runs don't have to be on a Sunday. Um, And I just hated it. It was just, it was like one of those days that I'm sure we're all living through at the moment where it's like quite warm now. It's probably about 15 degrees now, but it's about three in the morning. (laughs) So I went out in like shorts and like a kind of... I don't know, like a tracksmith training top, not thick by any means. And I was absolutely freezing. And I was just like, you know, when you look at my splits afterwards, it's dramatically different each mile. Um, And I spoke to my coach afterwards and he shared a wonderful nugget that it's an effort and your body doesn't know that your watch you know is recording one mile at this minute mile and the next at that and that you still banked that work that works still in your legs and it did make me feel a, a lot better so I'm going to share that for anyone who's done a run today and thought god why what is going on why can I do one mile at this pace and the next mile I can't hold it at all so that's quite a nice sort of a like a running robot your legs are just com- like just <laughs> computing might I have done distance and that's it yeah and your, your brain's going oh god the struggle uh, what about you? How's your running going? Yeah, good. Like I'm, I'm not. I mean, you. How far did you run? Uh, that was eleven miles. Yeah, I'm not. So. I'm not nowhere near that at the moment. But um, uh, I had a. I'm still sort of running without a watch and not looking at nice. my looking at my pace. And yeah, I, I came back and on this one I did have a watch on because it was. And I, I was testing something. I can't remember what it was, but I looked at it afterwards and just was like, oh. Yeah, that felt all right, actually. You know, it was quite a nice, pleasant surprise. It's quite nice having that sort of, that felt good as I was doing it. And then the watch backed it up. So it was, um, yeah, it was good. It was only like five, six K, but it was it was a good run. I liked it. The sun's out though. So it's, it's, it's all of that. Yeah, it all feels better when the sun is out. I think Beth Potter said this a few weeks ago that actually, if you do look at your, like when I was looking at my watch and I could see that my pace had dramatically dropped, a part of your brain's like oh I can't be bothered let's just get this over with whereas if you don't know then you never give up on a session because you, you your brain like your body my body wouldn't have dramatically felt that different between mile on mile so I think I think running without the watch is maybe maybe the way to go but I'm still too much of a control freak to let go um I mean Rick's not here right now so we could just make up some stuff about his running uh, yeah I reckon Rick's getting gradually back into running after doing a 50 mile race and he's still beating himself up for not going sub eight hours or whatever the ridiculous target was was and i think he's been doing some really gentle miles probably running from tree to tree or barefoot (laughs) or something really on brand for rick that's that's rick's running (laughs) without speaking to him that's what i would predict (laughs) i think he's completely backtracked on his previous statement 
uh, of just trying shorter distances now. And he's actually signed up for a mountain marathon. Yeah, classic Rick. Possibly the UTMB, (laughs) I think. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's now to be confirmed, but I think Rick is officially in the UTMB. So uh, (laughs) more on that as the news breaks. But uh, yeah, Um, well, we we should speak to our guest of the week, I think. Yeah, we should. Guest of the week. Here in the studio. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete. Could be a physio or a complete unknown. Our guest this week has worked in some of the world's best restaurants, but he left the world of fine dining behind to run and cook with some of the planet's greatest trail runners. He's baked banana bread with Ricky Lightfoot in the Lake District and made compote with Emily Forsberg in Norway, and he's written about it in his book eat run and enjoy hungry to know more we've invited him onto the podcast to talk all things nutrition so billy welcome to the runners world podcast thank you thanks very much for having me can you give us a quick summary then uh of your life as a chef and also how you got into trail running in the first place i started cooking straight from school many many years ago 20 20 something years ago now um and sort of got hooked into the the restaurant world and the the world of chefing and um that sort of i carried on i was really fortunate to work in some of the some of really good restaurants around the world and um i was really stuck sort of almost addictively into this this fine dining restaurant world which took me from york where i'm from originally up to newcastle and London and then eventually here to Stockholm in Sweden where I've been for the last 10 years um and maybe I, I guess just after I moved here sort of the trails and the nature around here sort of inspired me to get outdoors a little bit more um which turned to be sort of a new addiction which was sort of trail running and and getting out out outdoors as much as possible we always like when people have these sort of interests that combine. So yours is food and, and, and particularly the preparation of food and, and trail running and the high intensity world of, of, a, of a busy kitchen. Can you do you draw similarities? Can you can you see the, 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 the attraction and why one attracted you to the other or are they, are they totally different? I think they're definite. There definitely is. There's definitely some sort of sadomasochist kind of quality to it. You have these these long days in the kitchen, and it's a lot about okay, I did eight, ten days in a row, twelve hour day or fifteen hour days or whatever, and you're exhausted. You can barely stand up, and then it's it's pretty good training for uh, for ultra running. I have to say, it's different. Recovery is difficult, and that's the same sort of. If you do too many long days in the kitchen, you're exhausted. But uh, it's a really good base. I don't have an athletic base at all. I was when I moved here from London. I was, I was sort of 15 kilos heavier. I'd only just recently stopped smoking and had a rather unhealthy diet of Guinness and yeah, Guinness and cigarettes was my fuel back then, unfortunately. But I think those long days in the kitchen was really, really helpful in the long term when it comes to sort of in endurance training there are quite a few chefs aren't there that are run is it michelle rue he's yeah, a runner that's true. um gordon ramsay like there are quite a few aren't there i wonder what is do you think that's why i think so i think there's a really high not really high but quite a lot of people who run marathon de Saab as well are, are chefs there's a few like fairly well well-known chefs that have run that race i guess it's that's sort of the kind of one of the most commercially prestigious ultra races i suppose and chefs do 
a little bit of there's a there's always a rumors that chefs are a little bit ego driven so i guess marathon de Sables work <laughs> works well for that i think it's i think it's being in a hot kitchen and time on feet I think they're set. Yeah. Standing up, standing up in the desert is easy if you've been spent like, yeah, yeah. on service for however many hours and it's next to a hot oven. It sounds like the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing, do you wear like Crocs? You own the Crocs in your kitchen. Does that prepare your your feet for for hours on the feet? <laughs> no, I don't know. I wear a, a, yeah, I wear Birkenstock slippers. It's kind of slippers, which yeah, a bit like Crocs. They would be terrible for terrible for. <laughs> Ultra running, marathon to solve in a pair of in a pair of those. I think would. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. It's your next challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see it. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. So Billy, let's let's talk a bit about your book then. So eat, run, enjoy. Um, what motivated you to to write this book? Well, I've, I I was writing a, a sort of blog for a Swedish website, a Trail Run in Sweden, with a sort of race risk reports and some recipes here and there um a sort of link to pre pre-race pre-race meals or post recovery meals or just general general for general training so it felt like sort of a natural step up from the blog to start writing writing some recipes or writing a book with 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 food and running as the as the theme it's cool though because you went around and kind of you know you you weren't just uh, writing about food you were also meeting some of the most amazing trail runners on the on the planet you know we talked a little bit in the intro ricky lightfoot emily forsberg um lots some guys over in the us were, were there any like sort of unifying themes when you talk to these people about food and you were like okay lots of top trail runners are think this about food or their attitudes are kind of similar in some way i think one thing that was quite interesting was that that one similarity was that they weren't you can't say they weren't that bothered, but they weren't so dogmatic in their approach. They weren't counting calories. They weren't talking about X amount of carbs per hour, or they just sort of ate well consistently. They all, yeah, I think some ate more. Courtney in America, it would be a push to say that she ate well all the time because she certainly, she certainly, that she sort of advertised the fact that she just eats sweets and drinks loads of beer. But generally, she, she ate reasonably well and Emily Foshberg and Ida Nielsen, Mimi Kotkum, the, the, the Swedish runners, they all, they are really into it. They have their own sort of nutrition brands so they were really into it but it was more from a sort of holistic eat well every day rather than eat X amount of carbohydrates four times a day perspective which was quite refreshing I think actually. Food and the ultra scene especially is is there's a real sort of danger of it becoming just fuel centric, as in everyone just eats to just get around or just to do the miles and I kind of it sucks all the joy out of food. I think that there's a sort of there's a real divide in running, possibly, that people are like either all in for running and it's to counteract their diet or they're in just like they're eating food is just an inconvenience that gets in the way of running. I think that's kind of like where the bat. Oh, that's what I've seen as the sort of the sort of the two sides of the running diet sort of stuff. I'm definitely the second one, aren't I? But like anyone who's sat next to me for any amount of time will know I eat like I make pizzas out of rice cakes, Billy. Like if you want that for your book, hit me up because <laughs> it's a great recipe. <laughs> we have an on- an ongoing joke that nutrition with Jane would probably be the worst food blog <laughs> in the world. <laughs> 
Is that why you've included enjoy in your book title? Do you think that that's something that's missing? Like, I don't really enjoy food. Do you think it's missing from a lot of runners' diets? I think it. I think it is, or it's certainly missing when you read about sort of nutrition and running. There's very little focus on. If you read about diets, they often focus on what you can't eat rather than what you can eat. And if you focus on nutrition, it's about weighing things and thinking about how many. I can't grasp how people can understand how many gels they need to eat per hour for X amount of cut. Like it's completely beyond me. I can understand that if you run in a race, you need to get in calories. It's not the enjoyment can wait until afterwards, potentially. I'd like to know then, but out of all the people that you cooked with, who was the best chef? Was it, were, were any of them really, really good cooks? Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ida, Ida Nielsen was as trained to be a chef, so she she is good. She she worked on the west coast of Sweden in some fish restaurants back in the day when she came back from her uh, scholarship of running in the US twenty years ago. So she she is a really good cook. And Emily trained to be a baker. Mimi Cocker is also a new dietitian, so they were really really into food. Who was the worst? Go on, who was the worst? I mean, Courtney said she's never. She said that she's never cooked anything in her life. She doesn't cook ever. Her husband cooks cooks for her, and she eats. I mean, she has big, big bowls of candy on every flat surface in her house, basically. Like, yeah, she and she had two big fridges. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but she had two big fridges, and one of them I tried to look into to to. I thought that I'd left some salad in there, but it was in the other fridge. But you open the door and it was just jam-packed. I've never seen so much beer in one fridge in my life. <laughs> so this this is this is this is Courtney Dalwater, isn't it? Who won the UTMB in 2019 and set other various records. One of the greatest female uh, trail runners in the world. So that's that's interesting. 
amazing runner and such a really really fun person like we met in a brewery in in golden colorado where she we went for a run and then we we went to the brewery afterwards for a few beers and so she she takes her carb loading quite seriously yeah i mean do what you want courtney yeah. like you know she's got the she's got the she's got the uh the winds to back it up that's amazing well apart from um let, let, let's move away from like the the, the courtney dullwater <laughs> um, approach what would what would be your like go-to pre- race meal say the night before night before like like a run even like a long run or a race what are you what, what are you going to eat i mean if it race wise i'll probably start thinking about it a couple of days before so rather than really bulking up okay yeah the evening before then it's 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 always sort of whole foods real long how do you say long burning carbohydrates mm. whole grains meat but maybe if i'm eating meat not so much of a little bit of fish but plenty plenty of vegetables nothing to have nothing too spicy or nothing that i'm unfamiliar with because you don't want to mm. if if the race is away from home or you're traveling then often it's like a, a pizzeria you know that if you get in a it's not ideal the night before but you know that if you've put in the hard work the days leading up to the race the evening before it's better to have something that you know is not gonna cause you any trouble if you're staying in a in a hotel or a bed and breakfast the night before so so keep it simple but think of thinking about it more from more in a lead up rather than like the carb load in the night before yeah i'm i'm also celiac just to add to the the joy that is my diet so um i don't trust any anything or anyone <laughs> that's, i think that's wise potentially with as a celiac jane you travel with porridge don't you yeah i also told i think i've said on the podcast before i took my own cutlery and my own bowl like i'm i'm a lunatic i don't know why why do i do these things why do i ever leave the house <laughs> it's quality that well what about on the morning then what, what would you what would you eat like you know two or three hours before the actual race i get like porridge probably or i don't know muesli a little bit of fruit boiled egg some nothing nothing too much maybe maybe a juice or it depends like i'm from yorkshire i drink yorkshire tea and i'll have, probably have a boiled egg and a slice of toast or maybe a banana a, an hour before or nothing too out of this world more just with a little bit of thought i know that that's not going to give me any stomach upset or give me any trouble before and and the hard work of the sort of nutrition is already done you should definitely hang out with rick a bit more before races <laughs> or, or especially during races rick has a tendency to go completely off script uh with absolutely no foresight into what might happen uh he used, he also used to make his own gels well the, so there's a, the best the best we've got a couple of stories here which i'll go through very quickly the first one was that rick once baked sweet potato and carried that around with him for a whole so marathon much. so he had a sweet potato a sweet potato in tin foil in his pocket for a marathon oh which didn't go well didn't work that one. he liked to make his he liked to make his own gels for a while that was which successful has, that was successful it, relatively <laughs> Um, for his first hundred mile ultra, he decided to eat nothing but dates for the first like twenty miles, which meant he just. Oh my which, god! How did that? Yeah, happen? badly. Yeah, imagine, bad. imagine, <laughs> imagine immediately what you'd think would happen, and it definitely happened. Yeah. <laughs> and it's only he did. He ran. He ran the the South Downs fifty yesterday. No, Saturday. Oh, oh, oh I was one? I was fueling with um some Swedish product actually mainly. Yeah, but you this was the Rick's first race where he he actually did it properly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was using some of the Morton, uh, product, which is oh, yeah. almost feels like the sort of food of the future. That we're going to be eating that in like 
80 years and we've run out of all natural resources it would just be sort of <laughs> gloopy morton i mean it's, it's quite it's a good point that ben makes so it's like did anyone that you meet you know because you were meeting like really successful runners are any of them subscribing to what might be let's leave courtney dullwater out of this for, for now but what would be like sort of very eccentric diets or actually is it was it all pretty mainstream when you bought when you broke it down I think it was pretty mainstream. There was, there was a, like we talked a little bit, especially like Mimi Cocker. She was a nutritionist by like career, and we talked a little bit about like high fat and low carb and and how and statistic. She was talking a lot about the statistics of sort of female runners and under undernourished female runners and how potentially it could in her opinion is could potentially be dangerous with high fat low carb especially for women which was quite interesting to hear um but we, we never met anybody that had sort of really really strong opinions on on specific diets it was very much sort of common sense but a lot of sort of good high quality vegetables and and yeah no no shortcuts well, you talked about uh, not knowing how much calorie, you know, how many certain grams of carbohydrate that everyone should be having per hour in, in their race and stuff like that. As a runner, when you first started and you were, you know, um, taking the, the or what you knew about food and things like that, and, and were you a gel? Did you have gels in races or did you try and do what Rick did and experiment a bit? Or were you, did you sort of just stick to sort of not really doing any of it? I mean, we tried at the first long run I did a, a marathon and I didn't really know what I was doing I sort of plodded around and then after that I ran the coast to coast not in a race but with my best friend we did like seven marathons in seven days and that was sort of a baptism of fire when it came to nutrition his wife was meeting us um at lunchtime and dinner time every day and they, she would the first couple of days was bags of crisps and sausage rolls and that sort of progressed to being salads and and a little bit more lighter a little bit more sort of common sense that after you sat down and had three sausage rolls and a bag of crisps at lunch you weren't so keen to do the the, the remaining running of the day but after a salad and sort of something a little bit lighter towards the end of the week it felt yeah. better yeah, definitely. I think it's the race nutrition is such a sort of strange. I think it's the education side of it, really, which is, you know, people understanding what you, how your body stores energy as well, and how much energy you have in your body to begin with. So, if you, as you say, if you build up to a race for a couple of days, your body's pretty, you know, chocker with energy. Your muscles are full of glycogen, and you're pretty, you're pretty good. So, I just sort of, yeah, it's quite interesting to, from your point of view as a chef, and then food being a, a thing of enjoyment how that sort of translates into like the very formulaic side of approaching a race and i think racing i mean racing is a different thing it's a when i race i take gels there's nothing it works for me they're boring i could sometimes struggle to get them down but it's a bit more like clockwork you know that a couple of times an hour you have to fall for some gloopy <laughs> yeah substance down and then you know that you're not going to bonk that's the and then if it gets a little bit longer if it like up to i don't know beyond sort of 50k then at some point you need to eat something real i guess no i think a lot of nutrition i think is it's almost an area that gets overcomplicated by people i think actually most people generally yeah know sort of 90 percent of 
of what they need to know of nutrition and it, and then we just we just get, kind of get slightly ambushed with these trendy faddish uh diets and suddenly you know people are saying oh you don't know you don't need carbohydrate at all actually we're going to run completely on fat and all the rest and actually i think most of that stuff is you know isn't really grounded on lots of evidence and the idea that yeah what we should really be doing is having quite a lot of carbohydrate eating a varied diet lots of fruit and veg you know that that's going to get you most of the way there and it's not particularly trendy or exciting but it's probably true I think we like I I train quite often in the early mornings before I've had any breakfast so purposely to sort of lower the glycogen levels and try and sort of run on empty a little bit especially when training for ultra like long distances really long distances because you know that you will have some deficiencies at some point so to become efficient but but that, I mean that's not a very scientific approach how I've taken it but it works for me if I need to get to work which is 10k from home I'm not going to get up in time to eat and comfortably be able to get so I'm not going to get up two hours before I need to leave I quite like a fasted run it kicks off the day I yeah I never eat before I run like I actually can't bear it but you you would if it was like a really long run though Jane right no. if it was like a marathon but and like a half marathon I probably wouldn't eat before actually wow I just I hate feeling I hate the feeling of food in my stomach when I run but maybe that's just me maybe I'm a no I, I there's a definitely like a turning point where you've had you know if you've not got enough time beforehand and I'm talking like three hours four hours something like that then yeah I would I would maybe have a banana what a, lo- what a lovely chat everyone's getting yeah, exposed to, just, just finding out <laughs> when, when I would or would not eat a banana. Welcome to the, welcome to the podcast. Billy, what, what's your, what are your running plans this year? Have you got anything in the diary? I've been sort of suffering a little bit with the problem with my Achilles for the last sort of six months. So I just get, I had a spot for, there's a, there's a World Heritage site in the, the north east of Sweden called the Herge Custom, the High Coast Trail. And that was a 130 kilometer trail going south, going north to south along the coast. Really, wow. really beautiful. And I just mm. gave up my spot in that in June. So I'm sort of thinking about basically about recovery and taking it as easy as possible. Maybe do some sort of fast packing or slow packing. Yeah. Whatever yeah, the nice. heel yeah. the heel and Achilles allows me to do. But and with the races at the moment it's so difficult to know what will be going ahead and what won't be. Do you do you eat differently when you're recovering? I think that's something that is quite overlooked, isn't it? That you actually need different things when your body's trying to heal. Yeah, I think so. And it's just that I mean it's a recovery from an injury and i think recovery from 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 general general wear and tear when you're running i mean it's not too dissimilar so i think it's a it's a sort of being a little bit mindful of not eating too much junk and at the same time so it's not too different from from day to day but then also like mentally if you're struggling a little bit with with injury i think you need to have a bit of a blowout i need some crap yeah. also <laughs> because you, it's not like it's it's too much focus like trying to be good yeah, yeah. and sometimes you need to need to treat yourself 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Depending on your relationship with food and that balance between like energy in and energy out becomes a real kind of like stress point for people. And I think I think yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like it just you need to, it just needs to be like, okay, I'm just getting better now. I've just got to treat myself like I'm getting better and I not not worry about it so much. Yeah, I think it's hard. It's a it's a hard being injured is 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 horrible well hopefully you'll be co- recovering soon but um thanks so much for, for for your time thanks for speaking to us and yeah i encourage everyone to get hold of a copy of um of your new book if they're interested in trail running and food and if they're listening to this they've got to be haven't they eat run enjoy um and it's out it's out now billy isn't it so people can get get hold of it um it's out yeah. now yeah yeah anywhere i saw someone said a lovely quote the other day that you should get it whatever bookshop you'd like to close down the least is where you should buy it from so it's <laughs> <That is> good <laughs> yeah okay well thanks again for your time much appreciated yeah thank you very much so that brings us to the end of this week's run as well podcast thank you very much to our guest billy white and of course to you for listening you can once again subscribe to three issues of Runner's World for just £5. Head to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash Runner's World podcast to get this exclusive listener offer. The Runner's World podcast is available on Acast, iTunes and all your favourite podcast apps. Just search Runner's World UK and click subscribe. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because rust-oleum's new custom spray five and one gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks crannies edges and curves without worrying about drips runs uneven coverage or anything else custom spray five and one only from rust-oleum Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.